Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. I'm going to continue on uh, a series that I started two weeks ago uh, before I headed away. I, I hear last Sunday the Word of God was powerfully preached. Uh, Pastor David preached powerfully about the Holy Spirit. I heard people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. God just doing great stuff last week, which is exciting. Uh, and we love that. That is awesome. But I want to continue on speaking out of the book of Daniel. Uh, about, uh, I don't know how many years ago, a long time ago, when I was around the age of 20, uh, before becoming a pastor, I was roof tiling. And I was working for a guy uh, who was a very odd boss. And I've shared about him before. He was one of those guys that didn't like faith. And, and for many years, he was very against my faith. And Towards the end of me working with him, God started doing a work in his life, which was so, so cool. But uh, we, we had a, a period of time where, in fact, he turned up on the job site one afternoon and he just declares to all of the workers there working on the job site, he's like, today's the last day that you'll be working for me. Uh, he's like, I lost the contract that we have of working uh, for this tile company. A whole bunch of things have gone on. I've been in meetings all day and I've lost the contract and so we have no more work. He's basically said to me, so I've got work for you tomorrow, but that's it, it's all done. He said to everyone else, that's it, last day of work and, and you're finished up. You know, it was quite an incredible thing. Number one, he was freaking out and he was just going nuts. Ah, it's all done, everything's bad, everything's terrible. It was like full just doom and gloom from him. But it was doom and gloom from everyone I worked with. None of them were people of faith. But I just recently had an encounter with God that was profound in my life and I, and I was always just in the Word of God. And that morning, I was reading a passage of Scripture that says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I read that passage of Scripture just that morning. And you know what? When He told me that, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't, oh my gosh, I've got to get a new job. It wasn't, oh my gosh, what am I going to do in the future? was that scripture that I read this morning. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And from that moment, a peace just came upon my heart. You know, we finished work and everyone's like freaking out. And they're all on the phone ringing someone else, trying to get another job. And they're all like, how are we going to survive? What are we going to do? And they're like, Tim, what are you going to do? And my reply was this. This morning I read a passage of scripture and it said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I know God's going to come through for me and it's going to be all okay. I'm not worried at all. And, and you know, some of them were like snickering. Uh, some of them were snickering behind my back. Some of them were snickering to my face. You know, I, I get the fact that some of them are like, are you an idiot? Are you stupid? Like, are you going to go and look for a job? I'm like, listen, God's got this for me. I, I feel a peace about this. And, and they could, none of them could understand that. Even when I said it to my boss, I said, listen, it's going to be okay. The Bible says the steps of good man are ordered by the Lord. He's like, how many times I told you, stop telling me Bible crap. I'm sick of, he didn't use crap. He used a different word, but I don't think I should use it from the platform. You know, a funny thing happened. The very next day, my boss rings me and he's like, you won't believe it. I went and spoke to this other company and we've got a contract. It's a better one. There's so much work. This is going to be amazing. He's like, but I've just rung everybody else and they've all got other jobs and basically you're the only guy that's left working for me. <laughs> there was me and the labourer who just couldn't get another job because he was useless. There was the three of us now stuck there working. And stayed there working with this guy. And for me, it was a promotion. I, I all of a sudden was driving the work truck. I all of a sudden was now getting paid more money because I'm actually the guy running the show. And it was an incredible blessing for me in my life. It was an amazing thing. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. And it says this, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed in the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Romans chapter 8 is a powerful passage of Scripture. In fact, uh, one, one of our, our great men of God, every Sunday morning, over the last couple of months, has been teaching on the book of Romans in our second auditorium. And, and listen, if you want a bit more in depth in the book of Romans, turn up at 8.30, my right, on that Ike, at 8.30 in our second auditorium, walk through the youth room, try not to get hit by a basketball, and he will be in there teaching on the book of Romans like he was this morning. But Romans chapter 8 is an incredible passage of Scripture. And this verse, this verse here in verse 28, is probably one of the most cliched, misquoted verses that have ever existed in the Bible. Because people love to go, well, we know that all things are going to work together for good. So it's all good. Everything's going to be okay. People love to take this verse and misquote it. You know what? I just was incredibly rude to my wife and said all the things I should never say to her, but everything's going to work out for good and my wife's going to forgive me for being an idiot. You know what? I just quit my job because I was not happy and my boss was making life a little bit tough, but everything's going to work out for good. It's going to be all okay, even though I wasn't wise enough to get another job before I quit that job. But everything's going to be all good. Listen, this scripture is not about your stupidity working out okay. I, I just need to make it really clear. It's not about the fact that I'm dumb, I make dumb choices, and God fixes it. Listen, He does sometimes. Usually through incredible pain, that we caused in our lives can have an amen from somebody that's made some dumb choices like me and then God has to come and fix it up. This scripture is not about that. Listen, it's not about the fact that we can just quote this scripture and God can fix up my dumbness. Don't be dumb, number one. Make wise, godly choices, number two. Let God's voice come and speak into your life and get wisdom in your marriage. Listen, get to date night next week and get wisdom from godly couples that are going to speak into your marriage and help you to realize that sometimes you're just stupid men in the house. Can I have an amen from some wives? And I'm not going to go the other way because every man's too scared to amen me. Listen, this scripture is not about that. It's not about the fact that we are unwise and God fixes our stuff. It's not about that at all. And, and listen, if you come into this room and you've made poor choices in your life, and you're just like, God, fix it up. He does. He comes, and He works with us, and He, and he moves through those areas of our life. And over time, He heals them. But you know what? You're going to have to deal with some pain when you make dumb, dumb choices, and you don't listen to the voice of God or the voices of wisdom. And He does come and move through them, and He does come and fix them up. And that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what this Scripture leads us to and really shows us for our lives. Let's read again what Paul says in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. Listen, I've been walking with God since about the age of 19. Uh, And for some of you that are trying to do the maths, it's a long time because I'm getting a little bit old. Hey, the one and only John Baker, happy birthday today, my friend. 
Happy birthday. Happy, well, we won't even say how many young years you are, uh, but you're a great man of God, John. I hope you have an awesome birthday, my friend. Listen, in my years of walking with God, in my years of doing that, in my years uh, of encountering Jesus and, and now walking with Him, I understand that sometimes His purpose isn't my purpose. Sometimes I like to see what I want my purpose to be and where I want my life to go. But he says here, all things work together for good of those who are called according to his purpose. We feel like everything's going to be all good when we come to Christ. Listen, everything is all good when we're trusting him, walking with him. But it's not all good in the way that we always want it and expect it to be. Sometimes all good is painful. Sometimes all good is in the battles for life. Sometimes all good is in the challenges that we're facing. Sometimes all good is when things are difficult in our lives. Sometimes all good are when we go through hardship. Listen, if you go back into Romans chapter 8, and understanding context is really important to understanding a verse, you'll read at the start of chapter 8, Paul's writing about the battle we have with our flesh and the issues that go on in our life. And he goes on and talks then about the fact we've become sons. And then you think that sonship means that everything's going to be okay again. But then from verse 18 onwards to this verse, he talks about the fact that we will suffer. And we will suffer in our lives and we suffer in situations and we suffer through the things that we have to deal with. And it's tough and it's difficult. Now he comes to this verse, he says, but listen through your suffering, all things work together for good for those who love God and understand that in our suffering, His purpose comes to bear through our lives. Those whom He foreknew, He predestined as the understanding that God's foreknowledge in our lives and the realization that we're going to walk through some stuff. We're going to walk through some challenges. We're going to walk through some issues and they lead us through these things, through the challenges, through the hardships to God's purpose being outworked in us. Listen, I spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago out of the book of Daniel and I was talking about Daniel's life and some of the challenges that he faced. We, we started off looking at, at Daniel and, and the fact that he goes through these issues. Of, first and foremost, he's about to be killed but has to interpret a dream and tell the, the king what the dream was. And we, we look next about the life of, of some uh, friends that are walking with him and, and, and these guys going through their own challenge and their own their issues and that, that issue leads them into the fiery furnace and coming out of. But I want to pick up the story of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6 because it's another moment in Daniel's life when he's facing some challenges. This guy here in this moment is, is one of the three key leaders in the nation. Listen, from the things that he's done and the wisdom in his life, God has promoted him and promoted him and promoted him. And now he's at a place of key leadership in that nation. One of the three key advisors and key leaders in this situation. If you don't know the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel revolves predominantly around the life of a man by the name of Daniel and his three friends and their journey. And they've come out of living in the promised land and the children of Israel are captive and they're captive in Babylon. Now, they're there in this place and they've gone through challenge after challenge and they get to, to chapter 6 and the people that are working beside Daniel are jealous of him. Have you ever been in a work environment when that's a challenge? You go into the work environment when God's promoting you, God's doing good stuff, but the people around you are painful and they're difficult. 
Listen, the only people in this room that don't ever understand what I'm talking about with a thing like that are people that have never worked before. The rest of us have dealt with people like this in our workplace right beside us. This guy is dealing with challenges. They're trying to catch him out. And there's a funny piece of Scripture. And it says in verse 4 of chapter 6, it says, They found him to be faithful and they could find no fault or error in him to catch him out. Imagine this, just for a second, can you? Can you imagine in our workplace, those jealous workmates can't find a single thing wrong with you. They can't find one negative thing that you've said. They can't find one negative attitude that you've had. They can't find one moment that you cut corners. They can't find one moment that you spent all your time on Facebook instead of working. They can't spend, find one moment that you've done any of those things wrong. Now, some of you sit in the room and go, oh, gee whiz, maybe I should sharpen up next week if that's you. Praise God for the Holy Spirit's work in your life. That's an awesome thing. But they can't find anything wrong with him, so they think the only way we can trap this guy is to set him up and find a way that, that he can get caught out. So they go and they talk to the king and they say, hey, listen, let's, let's set him up uh, by, listen, king, you are so wonderful. You are so awesome. Everyone should just pray to you. Everyone should just talk to you. They, they, they play on for a moment the fact he's got a bit of self-importance about him. And they go, let's just do this for the next 30 days. We just think you're so awesome. Everyone should pray to you. And the king's like, yes, that's a great idea. I'm the man. I'm awesome. That's, that's going to be the outcome. Let's, let's do that whole thing. No one can pray anymore to anyone else for the next 30 days except for me. And Daniel does the most Australian thing I have ever read in the Bible. Let's pick it up in verse 10. It says, now Daniel, when he knew the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks to God, as was his custom since the early days. I feel like Daniel walked in his room, stuck up his middle finger at everyone outside, and he wouldn't have done that because he's a man of God, but prayed in front of everybody else with his windows open and said, I don't care what you say, you can all get stuffed. I'm doing my thing. This is what I do with my God. I love this fact. I love this attitude. I love the outworking of that. And then the men assembled, found Daniel praying, making supplications before his God. And they went to the king, spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the dead of lions? And the king answered and said, this thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not altar they catch him out I love a couple of things he had that window open he wasn't ashamed listen we 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 live in a generation that's trying to make Christians ashamed to become Christians it's 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 our generation it's trying to make us ashamed that we believe that the Bible hasn't altered and we believe that the Bible is true it's trying to make us feel crazy for believing we have a God who is a righteous judge. We have a God who is a righteous God, who speaks righteousness, who lives righteous, lives holy. And listen, He's shaping and molding His people into holy, righteous people. We live in a generation that wants to shift us from that. Listen, we we need to be a 
open windows generation that says we're not going to be shifted from what our generation, like, like others that want to come and peek in and go, you're crazy, you're weird. Listen, we are a little crazy and weird. The Bible says this, He takes the foolish things and He confounds the wise. If you think you are wonderful in the room, you are the foolish that confound the wise in the truth of what Jesus Christ did for my life and did for yours. And we need a little bit of open window prayer, a little bit of open window faith. A little bit of open window, we're not changing. A little bit of open window, this is who God has shaped us and molded us and created us to be. And it says, as was His custom in the early days. Listen, our response to that is coming back and staying in our customs. Listen, our custom is this, that this book doesn't change. Our custom is this, there are truths in here that still are at work today, even though culture is changing, even though their thinking is changing. Our custom says, like Daniel, this thing doesn't change. We need to be unchanging in the truths that are in God's Word. So the story goes on, Daniel gets seen, he gets dobbed into the king, and the king has a realisation moment that I've been tricked. That I have been tricked in this thing. And in fact, when the king realizes that now he has to act on this and get rid of Daniel, the Bible says in verse 14, he was displeased with himself. He's displeased with his self-importance. He was displeased with the fact that I feel like I am self-important. Let's go back for a moment to Romans chapter 8. He says that those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, we live in a generation that encourages people to get purpose. And, and I'm a person that does that. I, I encourage, I, I look in, in, in Anala today in the western suburbs of Brisbane. One of the biggest challenges to young people today is they live purposeless. They live purposeless in their life. They live purposeless in their walk. And I want to speak to young people for a second. If you are purposelessness, purposeless, if you have no purpose, let me say it that way, find purpose. Find it. It's an important thing. If you're just living life and waking up and going to school and going back to bed and waking up the next day and you have no purpose, find it, young people. It is important. Purpose is important. But listen, our purpose needs to be intertwined with a purpose that comes from God. Purpose alone. Listen, if your purpose alone is to break out of poverty and to get wealthy, that's a great thought. But if it's not intertwined with God's purpose for your life, listen, you can be wealthy and absolutely poor. Because you're poor in spirit. You're poor in understanding what God has for your life. Find purpose. This guy was so wrapped up in his own self-importance and his own purpose that he just thought everyone should be worshipping him. And he forgot the reality of what really mattered in life with some people that actually walking with him that had helped him and led with him and guided him. And now he's turned his back on them because of self-importance. Listen, if you just find purpose without his purpose, you will always find pain. You will always. Rick Warren made a great statement. He said, Western culture was built on rugged individualism. And today that has evolved into a culture of narcissism. But God didn't create you to live for you. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to put aside selfishness what a statement and how true is it today we have people that are just about getting stuff for me listen finding purpose is great 
but it's got to be intertwined, as Paul shows us in Romans chapter 8, with a purpose that comes from God. If we look at anything in the life of Daniel, it's a guy that understands the intertwining of purpose. The king missed it, and now he's trapped. In verse 16, it says, So the king had to give a command, and they brought Daniel, and they cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Doesn't that king sound like us? God's going to deliver me. He realizes I made a stupid, stupid, stupid mistake. What was I thinking? I got so caught up in my selfishness. And now, oh, it's going to be okay, Daniel. The king's going to sort it out. Listen, he just takes the start of Romans chapter 8, like I talked about before. He just takes, it's going to be all good with you, Daniel. Praise God, God's in this. Praise God, God's at work in this. And listen, you might be sitting in this room again. God, you've got to work it all out. And I've just been stupid. I'm going to continue to be stupid. I want to reiterate what I said at the start of this message. Stop being stupid. If you're dumb in this room and you're blaming it on God, stop it. I'm speaking to Tim McDonald standing here with this microphone as well. Stop it. Let wisdom come. Let others' wisdom, godly people's wisdom come and walk with you through the journey. So we don't have to be like the king going, okay, I'm just throwing my best man in the den of lions. In, in case you're wondering, the den of lions is not a good place. I know some of you in the room be like, it'd be so cool hanging out with the lions and, you know, it'd be amazing. And well, I've watched TikTok recently where the lion just jumped on that person and they were good friends. Listen, that's not what these lions were about. The jumping on is to rip you apart and to eat you up. Getting thrown in the lion's den is like the worst place. It's, hell it's struggle it's challenge it's hardship it's poverty it's hurt it's heartache it's the tears wept at night in your room alone it's the dry moment when you're just trying to find God's voice and you can't find anything it's the hardship that you're going through financially when you're looking at the bank account and it's not making sense it's a marriage that feels like it's about to implode on itself and it's hard that's the lion's den moment for our lives that's the hardship the difficult place, and he's right here and amongst it. And again, let me remind you, this great scripture in Romans chapter 8, all things work together. I can imagine him sitting in that place, confessing, God, this is a powerful moment that you're here with me, according to his purpose. You notice sometimes that his purpose is in the lion's den. His purpose is in challenge. I want to be really, really honest. Can I, can I be really honest? I would love to stand before you and say, I love the Lord's purpose when I'm in the lion's den, but I hate it just as much as you do. I'd love to say I love it. I'd love to say I smile my way through all of it. I'd love to say that I'm always in faith, but sometimes I'm like you. I have a poor me moment. If you ask my wife, she will tell you, I have a lot of those moments like, God, why am I in the den again? God, why does this happen? I've been serving you faithfully. I've been making wise choices. I've been, I've been humble and, and I've been hearing your voice and I've been walking with you and I've been loving other people and I've been doing these things. Why am I back in this place? I have those moments. If I'm honest with you, I have them. But I love what happens in this story. Verse 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 19 through to 22, and it says, And the king arose early the next morning and went in haste to the lion's den. 
And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? I can imagine the anguish in his voice. Has my stupidity cost me so much? Has my stupidity cost you so much? Listen, sometimes our stupidity costs other people. It's painful, it's true. It's painful and it's difficult. And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him and also a king. I have done no wrong before you. Listen, this guy sits right now in the despair moments of his life. He sits right now in the worst possible place. And if I'm honest with you, God allowed it to happen. God did. And in fact, if we go back from chapter 1 through to chapter 6, God allowed it to happen continuously. Listen, chapter 1 starts with the children of Israel getting taken from Israel into Babylon, which is the worst, worldliest, ugliest place. They're now there, and Daniel's about to get killed, and he prophesies, and God saves him. And I want you to notice what happens. When God saves him, if we look in chapter 2, it says, Nebuchadnezzar falls on his face and says, Daniel, your God is the God of gods. Then we go into chapter 3, and now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not bowing down, and they get thrown in the fiery furnace, and they get pulled out. And when we go into verse 28 and 29, it says this, Nebuchadnezzar speaks and says, Blessed be the God. He now worships again the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says to the nation, Nation, you will worship this God, because he's a great God. So let's come back to chapter 6. He gets lifted out of the terrible place. And King Darius writes straight after this, he says, to all the peoples and nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, uh, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. He's steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one who shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and he rescues. And he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Listen, this is an incredible statement that Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 when he says, All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He's talking right now of a guy by the name of Daniel who loved God and called according to his purpose. And yes, it worked out for good. But he worked out, to, out for good through him nearly dying. It worked out for good through his friends being in the fiery furnace. It worked out for good through the lion's den according to his purpose. Listen, sometimes his purpose is outworked through your hardship and your finances. I look at Wald sitting up the back. And while you are an incredible man of God, we, we, are, we are, love you, my friend. Through a decade of treatment, 
for cancer and for sickness and you're in the house of God and you're serving Him faithfully and, and you're walking into hospitals and you're shining the incredible light. You're walking into hospitals and, and because of your faith, people's lives have been impacted through challenge, through the fiery furnace, through the den, through a work environment where people are like these guys that are turning their back on you, making life difficult for you. You know, in this story, it's an interesting thing when we think of who the great predators really are. Well, the predators were the lions or the people that work beside this guy. Isn't it amazing that sometimes people beside us can cause us the greatest amount of pain and the greatest, and we, we think there's a lion coming to eat us, but it's not. It's the people beside us causing us pain. In your work environment, you could be hurting right now. Some people that you maybe thought were your friends could have said things that just are so painful. People you've loved let you down and, and hurt you deeply. And maybe it's those situations that feel fiery furnace-like, feel den-like. But listen, if we take a hold of what Paul shows us powerfully in Romans chapter 8, that yes, all things do work together for good. Pause. Pain, fiery furnace, den of lions, betrayal, heartache, being let down, being hurt, being lied about, being kicked, being broke, being in poverty, losing my, my friendships, losing my relationships, going through all these situations, and are called according to His purpose. Gee, that break in the middle can be painful. But His purpose gets outworked in our life. And in it, we find purpose through our pain, through our heartache, through our disappointments. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel trusted God to go into the den of lions. And what was the outcome? Powerful influence. Daniel chapter 2. Trusted God to give interpretation of that dream, could cost him his life. What was the outcome? Powerful influence. Daniel chapter 3, three men trust God with everything. Even if he doesn't come through for us, they say, we'll still trust him. Go through the fiery furnace. What's the outcome? Influence. Listen, when we take a hold of that Romans chapter 8 truth and we trust God through everything we walk through, influence is always the outcome for our life. It's a powerful thing. I'm not saying it'll be perfect in the middle. I'm not saying it'll be all okay in the middle. I'm saying, yes, there may be pain. Yes, there may be heartache. Yes, there may be difficulty. Yes, there may be challenge. But through all of that, trusting Him, holding on to Him, holding on to His Word, holding on to His promises, holding on to what He said for our life, holding on to the fact that we've seen it in Daniel, we've seen it in others, and we've seen it outwork for their lives. Trusting through all of that, God does something in us and through us and brings influence for our lives. And all things work together for the good of those who love God, are called according to His purpose. It's a powerful thing. It's a profound thing. Profound thing. Life-changing thing. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes this journey is tough. God, I lift up those in the room that may be going through tough moments right now. Going through tough moments in their own selves, in their own thinking, in their own believing. 
God, I lift them up right now. I lift them again. I pray, Jesus, you would give them strength to trust. You 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 know, one of the greatest challenges of reading the Word of God is sometimes we don't always know when people like us had their moments of struggled faith. The Bible tells us Daniel prayed three times that day. I sometimes wonder if his three times of prayer were this, God, give me the strength to trust. God, give me the strength to pray. We think he was just in all faith, but maybe he was on his knees like we are saying, God, I'm just clinging on by my fingertips right now. Give me the strength to keep holding on. Give me the strength to keep never letting go. My God, give us that strength, I pray. For those that are in their moment right now where they need you to come and work in their lives, I pray, my God, that you give them the strength to hold on and trust you, trust you for this situation, trust you for what they're walking through, trust you for the heartache, trust you for the disappointment, trust you for, for the situation with their kid, trust you for the situation with their sibling. Trust you. Trust that you'll work things through for your glory, for your purpose. We pray, Jesus. God, I pray for those in the room that maybe have no faith, no trust. They've never trusted in you. Jesus, I pray today that you would stir in their hearts a wanting to open their lives to trust you. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed here this morning and you're not walking with Christ maybe you haven't had a relationship with Jesus maybe maybe you have but that trust journey has just got so turned off track and you know today's the day to come back to Christ I'd love to pray for you right in your seat this morning if you're like that and saying Pastor will you pray for me I want to come into a relationship with Jesus I want to come back just give me a wave in the house this morning yeah I'm like that Pastor Tim maybe you have in the past maybe you never have walked with Jesus Awesome there in the middle. You can put that hand down. Up the back, that's lovely. Thank you. Right up the back there. That's a wonderful decision this morning. Who will join those three today? Awesome. So good. Is there anyone else this morning before I pray? Pastor Tim, I just want to open my life to Christ. God, we thank you right now for those in the room that just open their hearts here in this moment. Right there in their seats, my God, I pray you touch those hearts. My God, some of them have hearts so distant from you, but today you draw them back to yourself. Even in that seat, my God, I pray that encounter the great Holy Spirit and His presence in their life. My God, to wash away their yesterday, wash away their hurt, their frustration, their disappointment, their heartache. My God, bring healing to their mind. Bring healing to their life today, we pray in Jesus' name. God, we thank you right now for the great work of the cross and what it means for those right now in this room that open their lives to you, Jesus. We praise you in your mighty name. Amen. How about we give those four great hand this morning? What a great I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.